Hi, I'm Dave Westberg, and you're listening to Billboard Insider Podcast, where I interview industry leaders about trends impacting the U.S. out-of-home advertising business. This podcast was sponsored by Adomni. Adomni, list your digital billboard on Adomni and increase your revenue. Today's guest is Dave Etherington, the Chief Commercial Officer of Place Exchange. Place Exchange is a programmatic out-of-home advertising platform which was spun off by Intersection approximately two years ago. Welcome to the show, Dave. Thanks for having me, Dave. Dave, give an overview of Place Exchange, its history, and what it does. Sure. Well, it's an SSP. Place Exchange is an SSP, a pure play SSP, focused on bringing programmatic buyers to digital out-of-home and digital play space. As you said earlier, it was formed out of Intersection Parent. I used to work at Intersection. It really coincided with Intersection Parent acquiring a new CEO, Ari Buchalter. Ari had spent the previous 10 years as one of the founders and then COO of MediaMath, the DSP. And he helped crystallize our thoughts around how digital out-of-home could play a significant role in the mind of the programmatic buyer. And, and really, in a nutshell, what Place Exchange seeks to do is take the vast diversity of digital out-of-home and digital place-based media and normalize it in such a way that it looks and works exactly like mobile and online and display and video within the biggest DSPs in the world. And, and that's what we set out to do, and that's what we've done. Can you define, in your own words, what exactly is programmatic out-of-home, and how does it differ from an automated out-of-home sales product? Great question. In my view, programmatic out-of-home should not differ from programmatic online or programmatic display or programmatic television. And certainly what we at Place Exchange have sought to do is kind of shave off those friction-filled edges that have really kind of disintermediated other platforms from being able to provide a, a kind of truly programmatic experience. So we focused on things like a programmatic buyer within a DSP being able to have the same campaign setup, reporting, attribution, pacing, as literally any other programmatic media. We believe that out of home should have the same weight. We believe that out of home should be a vital part of an omnichannel mix. We've even sold for the, for the flow of some of the most popular IAB standard creatives from online and mobile onto out of home as well. Our view is that ultimately it will be the programmatic buyer accessing you know the large dsps today that will really help push forward out of home in the minds of the marketer from a programmatic perspective mm -hmm. what is one of your favorite recent programmatic out of home campaigns and why well we run so many of them and i like all of them i think mm -hmm. one of the things that place exchange kind of uniquely does through that device level attribution i mentioned before is we're able now to begin to kind of recontextualize the power of out of home. I think out of home is well understood to be a very good medium for branding, and we absolutely agree with that. But now we're beginning to show how campaign by campaign, literally, out of home can play a role in driving people online, clicking on websites, buying things, downloading things, the type of lower to mid funnel activities that before weren't, weren't able to be measured or understood. So. I'm not going to pick a favorite, um, <laughs> but I'm going, to pick all of the I'm going to pick all of the campaigns where it's clear that the KPIs involved are those that the medium hasn't seen before. And I'm very happy to say that Place Exchange is beginning to show the efficacy of the medium in, in new light. Mm -hmm. There's perhaps 600 out-of-home advertising companies in my database that I keep, and I've seen 
estimates anywhere from 600 up to 1,000 maybe different out-of-home advertising companies just in the U.S. What kinds of out-of-home media owners does Place Exchange want to do business with? Well, we already we already work with, I would imagine, the kind of vast majority of, of the kind of main players in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, we work with really the kind of top four and everything below. Yes. But that said, I, I think you're right. I think the, the medium is growing. The capabilities of the medium is growing. And in a way, thanks to digital media, it's become quite a, a kind of egalitarian media to participate in. And it's thrilling to walk through cities around the country and see, you know, taxi tops and inside Ubers and street furniture. And certainly from place exchanges perspective, we already work with, as I say, the majority of publishers, as we call them, in Mm -hmm. the United States. We would certainly look to work with anyone whose media reaches, you know, scaled audiences in, in novel and powerful ways. So I'm excited about the innovation in the space, and I'm excited to speak to any and all publishers who have have networks of interest. If a publisher wants to connect, what does it actually have to do to connect to Place Exchange? Well, the first thing it has to do is is send me an email. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the easy part. Dave.Etherington at placeexchange.com, a little plug. And you can also find access to me via our website as well. Perfect. But we have a relatively straightforward integration. It doesn't take too long. We've worked with pretty much every CMS going. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's a fairly fairly lightweight integration. So Yeah, we've done a ton of them. We'll do a ton more, and it's pretty easy. Perfect. How does Place Exchange make money? Well, we really built Place Exchange with the highest standards in mind. We don't charge any buy-side fees. We only have sell-side fees, which are, you know, kind of pre-negotiated. They never Mm -hmm. change. They're completely transparent. Mm -hmm. One thing that we don't do is arbitrage. We don't package media. We don't in any way try and disintermediate the buyer from the seller. So we're not gaming the CPM. We're completely transparent, and we just have that kind of one sell-side fee that we stick to, and that's our only source of revenue. So if you will, if I'm using your exchange, there's a disclosed fee or commission. I know what it is. You know what it is. There's no sort of getting in the middle, marking up, buying and selling, where it sort of all muddies the waters. Is that what I'm hearing? That's exactly what you're hearing. We want the absolute best practice. Focus on transparency is key across all the holding companies. We embody that transparency. So, yes, we are kind of built to purpose with that transparency. I can remember Sean Riley saying it's very important when they connect with the provider, programmatic provider, they want to be able to control pricing. Who determines the price of assets sold via place exchange? Absolutely. The the seller does, the publisher does. And as Sean and his team at Lamar do with us, so do all the other publishers in complete control. Terrific. Let's take a short break here for a word from our sponsor. By listing your billboards on Adomni's buying platform, agencies and advertisers can easily find and buy your unsold billboard space. Adomni's Audience IQ technology allows advertisers to target consumer profiles that travel past your billboards with audience segments such as demographics, behavior, and consumer interest. Join the fastest-growing out-of-home network with over 100,000 digital screens. Whether you have a Formetco, Watchfire, Dectronics, or Prism View billboard, Adomni is easy to connect. Visit Adomni.com or email sales at Adomni.com to learn more. Mention this Billboard Insider podcast to receive one free year of Adomni's white-labeled booking engine on your website. Dave, you mentioned in a MarTech article that Place Exchange is creating viewing sheds around digital screens. What is a viewing shed 
and how is Place Exchange using viewing sheds to target advertising? Well, I mentioned before that we wanted to enable the notion of device level attribution in a programmatic context for out of home. Place Exchange doesn't do any attribution itself. What we do is we give the DSPs that we work with the, the atomic elements they need to run their own attribution methodologies. One of those elements are exposed device IDs. And so part of the integration on both sides, whether it's a demand side or supply side integration with us, we are capturing exposed device IDs in viewing areas around each individual board that, or screen that plays the ad. Obviously those viewing areas are different depending on the context of the board, size of it, et cetera. But essentially we do that in order to measure the efficacy and performance of the medium in a way that the DSPs do. Mm -hmm. We are not in the business measurement and attribution ourselves. We enable exactly the same behavior for the DSPs. So is, is a viewing shed the equivalent, is it like a geofence? Yes, basically. It's a, it's a kind of area within which if somebody is standing, they're able to view the ad when it's played. Yep. What kind of advertisers, are there certain kind of brands or certain kind of advertisers that have been more amenable to programmatic out-of-home? I've been amazed at the sheer scale and diversity of campaigns that we've carried. All of them from the kind of branding paradigm that we, we talked about earlier through to ads, which clearly are monitoring the performance of people arriving on websites, clicking on individual pages, putting things in shopping baskets and, and downloading. I think the exciting thing for everybody in out of home is that we are through programmatic and through platforms like place exchange about to break through in the understanding of the power of the medium. We are recontextualizing what the medium does in the eye of the buyer. And I think the medium can expect to see a much greater diversity, not just of campaigns and KPIs, but of advertisers. The medium now is becoming one that is filled with transparency, one that can be bought in a consolidated fashion alongside others. We can now begin to see the role out of home plays, not just in a silo, but alongside other media as well. The end kind of result of all of this is that the medium is going to blossom. I think it's going to provide media owners with more confidence to commit more capex and opex to digitizing their screens. It will become a kind of really positive, self-fulfilling prophecy. We're seeing cities adapt and change and become more livable in front of our eyes thanks to this kind of investment and the response of brands. So I would hope it, it becomes a medium that those that work in the industry already believe it is, and a medium that can do anything and that can do a job for any campaign, any advertiser. If you could change anything about the way the U.S. out-of-home industry approaches programmatic buying, what would it be? Huh. Well, look, I think, we're in a, I think we're in a good place. It definitely feels like the tectonic plates are shifting. In, in, a, in a former role at Intersection as Chief Strategy Officer, I would often have conversations with agencies and brands, and it was clear that there were still kind of, you know, politics involved. It was still unclear who had the responsibility and the, and the, the buying power. I think what is clear now is that the vast majority of buyers, whether they be out-of-home specialists or programmatic buyers, realize that programmatic is at least part of the future of the medium. And that also, you know, the buyers that have spent years and decades in specialist out-of-home agencies have a huge amount of incredibly valuable and unique, and unique endemic category knowledge. And the ability to fuse that knowledge and understanding and know-how with a programmatic practice 
steeped in performance and data, I think kind of magic happens when those two worlds collide and they're colliding in front of our eyes now. So mm -hmm. I wouldn't change anything. I'm excited about every conversation I'm having and I'm excited about what the future holds. Mm -hmm. David, from a practical point of view, Dave, do the specialist agencies right now, are most of them connected up one way or another to one of the exchanges, programmatic exchanges? Yeah, I mean, I think they're still in a, in a form of experimentation. But yes, I think it would be true to say that all of them have experimented and are either kind of fully fledged running programs programmatically and, and kind of enjoying the data and performance attributes of those campaigns today. Okay, let's switch gears a little bit. And California Consumer Privacy Act, the CCPA rules, are supposed to go into effect January 2020, which they revolve around uh, consumer being able to have control over data, having protection from someone selling their data, ability to be, uh, if you will, erased from someone's data records. What's your take, Dave, of the impact, if any, that the rules might have on out-of-home or programmatic out-of-home buying? Well, before I answer that, just stepping back a little bit, we fundamentally believe at Place Exchange that the idea of privacy in public space should be held to a much higher standard than elsewhere. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to be exposed to, you know, tactics like retargeting in a one-to-one -one basis on a mobile device or on a laptop. It's quite another, another to, for that tactic to kind of be implemented where you live, where, you know, people that you know, you know, walking up Fifth Avenue, it, it would be very different and unfortunate proposition for that to happen. If, if an awkward medical ad follows me up Fifth Avenue targeting me, that could be awkward. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Um, we, we're, we're hyper conscious of those use cases. Yes. We actually, you know, in, in the same sort of frame of mind where we kind of built Place Exchange to be completely transparent to be truly programmatic. We also built it to protect the privacy of the customer, of the user. Mm -hmm. We do do that already. And any laws that continue to protect privacy, whether they're the California law or GDPR, we will absolutely embrace. And rather than limiting the medium's ability to flourish, I actually think it reinforces the notion that, that out of home is actually immune to many of the ills that have previously plagued traditional programmatic. Mm -hmm. If we can avoid the pitfalls and if we can stand up and be counted, not just within the letter of the law, but take a higher kind of moral stance, then I think the medium rises up and becomes the natural choice for many brands who've begun to think twice about traditional programmatic media. Mm -hmm. Dave, Geopath is in the middle of major changes to its measurement platform. How, how do you see those changes and enhancements impacting programmatic out-of-home buying? Well, I have to say I'm not as close to Geopath as I once was. You know, we've been, we've been standing up place exchange for the last 18 months, as you said mm -hmm. earlier, doing business really since January. Mm -hmm. But I think any investment in kind of measurement of audience, in the currency of audience, whether it's from Geopath or from everybody else, is, is welcomed. The more transparency we have, the more deterministic data that we have, as long as the methodologies are sound, as long as publishers themselves aren't kind of grading their own homework, I think is all is all to the benefit of the medium from a programmatic context. Mm -hmm. Okay. How feasible is it for static out-of-home to ever be sold programmatically? It seems like digital may be in the U.S., 30% of U.S. revenues digital out-of-home right now. That leaves a big chunk in non-digital revenues 
How feasible is it to think that any of that can ever be solved programmatically? I think you're the fourth person to ask me this exact question today. <laughs> well, look, to begin with, I think there are many programmatic attributes that we could bring to non-digital out-of-home media. The ability to set up campaigns, reporting, attribution, would all work in broadly the same way for static as it would for digital. You would lose some element. You would lose the element to be able to optimize throughout the lifetime of the campaign to test different creatives against each other, et cetera, et cetera. So I think there are some attributes that we could bring to it. Our mission was to get the biggest DSPs in the world and the programmatic buyers excited about the medium. I think for them, fundamentally programmatic is digital today. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, I think there will be a future state where they begin to embrace the benefits of static, particularly again, to my, first, to my, to my last point, particularly reflecting on the fact that the medium is inherently viewable, it's brand safe, it has, it has many of the attributes that online and mobile lacks. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I think there is a future. I think it's going to take some, like everything, some evangelism, some hand-holding. Um, but there's no reason why in the future this shouldn't be a, you know, a new source of revenue for, for non-digital out-of-home assets as well. It occurs to me there's two drawbacks of static and programmatic. One is, am I right, most programmatic buying tends to be a little bit shorter term and the costs of running a static ad, getting someone out, putting up copy, getting it down, that's a drawback. But the second drawback is, you know, and you've mentioned elsewhere, contextual programmatic ads can be so powerful. And because of the hard, difficulty changing static copy, you lose a little bit of this, the contextual nature as well. True. I, just responding to those points, I think the first one, which is programmatic campaigns tend to be uh, you know, shorter in time, at least, than than kind of direct sold ones. We actually, I think, the actual the opposite is true. Is that right? Um, oh, you know, yeah. We because of the ability to see the performance of the medium, we see evergreen campaigns that switch on and stay on. But you're right, because uh, embedded in that idea is the idea of being able to change creative, compare the performance of those creatives. So. Yes, I think I think there is a world in which static could could exist in a kind of always on evergreen campaign, but there would have to be some element of creative changes throughout. Mm -hmm. That's all for this week. Thanks for appearing on the show, Dave. Thank you, too, Dave. Take care. This podcast was edited by Lucas Jones and sponsored by Adomni. Adomni, list your digital billboard on Adomni and increase your revenue. You can listen to episodes of the Billboard Insider podcast by visiting billboardinsider.com or by subscribing to the Billboard Insider podcast on iTunes or any of the usual podcast outlets. Our email is billboardinsider at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I'll be back in a couple of weeks.